again we are still dealing with last night's loss but we're moving ahead looking forward to game three welcome into phly phillies podcast jamie lynch renee washington tyler zuli and we have lots to get into now we all were upset last night after game two rightfully so i know you guys in the chat are already coming in with the frustration uh nola won't break our heart alex and yes, it is going to be okay, guys. It is going to be okay. One more time for the people in the back. It is going to be okay. The Phillies split the series, heading back home to Citizens Bank Park tomorrow. And uh, honestly, we have talked a lot, Jamie, about how we anticipated the series to potentially go five, potentially be split after the first two. Well, here we are. How are you feeling this morning? I know yesterday was rough. I know people in the chat are saying it still hurts, and I agree. It does still hurt, but... How are you feeling today? You feeling a little bit, a little bit more positive and optimistic? Uh, well, I stubbed my toe going into Wawa, <laughs> holding the door for somebody, and yes, I'm still wearing flip flops, so that really hurt. Uh, I kind of hunched over the newspaper rack, and the guy patted me on the shoulder, and he was like, "I feel you, man." Um, so that sucked, um, and that was a that was a pretty fitting start to my day. Uh, my daughter Skylar came in our bedroom this morning first thing and said, did the Phillies win? Aww. And we had to be like, no. And she said, but they scored four points because she went to bed when they were up for nothing. Uh, so to see her brain trying to process that the Phillies blew that um, was a pretty shitty start to the morning. Um, so... I'm still getting there. Um, I will be there. There's a lot, I think, to feel positive about going forward. Uh, and one is that it's Aaron Nola versus Bryce Elder. And playoffs are never easy. And nobody ever gives anybody a World Series, uh, especially when it's one of the best teams in baseball history offensively. Uh, but that being said, they needed two errors and 11 runners stranded on base and a magnificent play by Michael Harris in center field to get the win. Yeah. So the Phillies have outplayed them the majority of these first two games. They just had a really bad two and a half innings. Um, so I'm trying to pull my brain out of the sewers and the gutters and get to that place where I can be more positive. Uh, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't say it still really stings this morning. Yeah, and I think that is the frustrating part. I know you guys welcome into the chat. Um, you're bringing the comments or you're sharing your thoughts. I think the frustrating part is it was two and a half innings. You know, the game flipped so quickly. And uh, not to mention, it was all about what the Phillies did wrong. Yes, the Braves capitalized on those opportunities. Ronald Acuna Jr. capitalized on Trey Turner's lax play in the air. But overall, it's the Phillies that we, we saw the, them defeat themselves. And that's the frustrating part, absolutely. But the positive side is, like you mentioned, it took – 
us beating ourselves errors and not getting hits. I and did not, think there was a lot you know, of that. And, yeah, and not having the ability to get hits when you have runners in scoring position. And, and that is a lot on the Phillies. So it's we can, t- we can hold them accountable and say, if the Phillies are better, that's a win. And you've got to be better to get that win game three um, versus it being like, wow, the Braves beat us so bad and we don't know what to do. And now you've seen those losses too at times where – a team comes out and just lambastes you, and you're scratching your head like, holy crap, now what? Yeah. No, this was all about the Phillies' own errors and mistakes that were very costly and, of course, at the wrong time of the game. Yeah, Devin Michael in the chat says, you know, worst part is it feels like we had all the momentum and it just flipped. Uh, yeah, and that's that's and the did. worst feeling about it is, you know, and Zach Wheeler even said that in the locker room last night. He said, you know, we know based off of last year how much of this is momentum-based. Uh, so, yeah, that does absolutely suck. But the history of the Phillies is exceptional game one performers, and we'll get deeper into all these stats. Really bad game two performers, really good game three performers. You're coming back home. You know, I saw a couple funny tweets about, you know, every Phillies fan would have agreed to a 1-1 split. It was just the manner in which you lost that really makes this tough. So if you are able to remove emotion from last night, it was a successful trip down to Atlanta. And I know that doesn't really, like, it doesn't sound cool coming out of my mouth because of the manner in which they blew it. Uh, But it is the reality. You have two games at Citizens Bank Park now, which is proven record-wise to be the best home field advantage in the history of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, So, you know, that's a a huge positive. And I tweeted out this morning, and this is kind of where I'm I'm slowly inching back to, uh, you know, some positivity here is it all comes down to Aaron Nola. We talked about this a lot. Mm -hmm. And the Phillies were never, let me repeat, never going to win a World Series with Aaron Nola not being good Aaron Nola. And if he can't beat Bryce Elder at, on Wednesday at Citizens Bank Park, you were never going to win anything. Yeah. Um, so biggest game of Aaron Nola's career. Uh, potentially maybe one of the last we ever see him in a Phillies uniform if things go poorly. Uh, but also potentially... You know, he's an all-time Philly great if he's able to go out there and throw a gem on Wednesday. So a lot on the line for him, uh, but you have Citizens Bank Park, you have the pitching advantage, you have the mental advantage that outside of two innings of 18, you've pretty much dominated them. So there are some positive things. I'm crawling out of the sewer and getting (laughs) there, but I'm not fully there yet. By tomorrow morning, I will be there. Right now, I'm still inching towards it. Yeah. Um, oh, Casper, you're saying you're ne- you needed your PHLY family today. Here we are, bud. Bring it all in. Bring it on in. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> uh, Mickey's saying my ex, Cassie, a.k.a. my ex, seems ready to rumble. I loved his quote. Yes, I love that. that. I loved what he was saying post-game, and he's absolutely right. You needed to get, you know, hit in the face in order to wake up, and now it's like, all right, it's time. It's time to to definitely uh, wake up. And, Trevor, you're saying the foot was on the throat. We let them live. As long as the Braves are alive, you're biting your nails. I mean, that's the hard part. I think we were all in agreement that we were expecting and hoping for at least the 1-1 split. But after going up 1-0 and the way that we were playing in game two – the 1-1 split 
doesn't feel like enough. So that's even us raising the bar on our on ourselves. Of we all talked about it, and I know in the chat you guys are saying the same thing. One one split was the goal coming out of Atlanta. Okay, but after having 14 innings of holding them scoreless, after having a, an incredible performance by Wheeler um, in the the first six and a third inning. At that point, the goal wasn't a 1-1 split. It was to come home 2-0. Yeah, so that is absolutely what makes it frustrating. I completely agree with you guys. But I also agree that we need five-plus runs tomorrow, Casper. Um, the offense has to get going. We definitely have to get the offense going. My ex, Nick Castellanos, who's not really my ex, guys, if you missed that in the past episode, go watch that episode. Um, he's got to be better. There's a, a number of players that have to be better. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about those guys, too, um, are the ones that we feel are hot right now and the ones that are not right now. Um, but overall, it does make it hard with the way that Wheeler pitched. But we've been in this situation before, and we don't need to look back far. It was just last year that we saw Ranger Suarez come in win game one. Zach Wheeler gets the start in game two. Phillies get shut out 3-0. And then they came back with Aaron Nola on the mound to start off game three and won 9-1. Um, so this is actually, weirdly enough, exactly the same storyline that we had last season. We all know, of course, the Phillies were we were able to close out in four. So right now we're we're on course for that that for history to repeat itself. But also, as you mentioned, Jamie, uh, this is not the first time that we've seen the Phillies do a great job game one, drop game two. I know we talked about it in the wild card round when Aaron Nola was pitching game two. We brought up the stats of how much the Phillies have fumbled in game two. And this series, exactly the same. Yeah, Tyler made some graphics about the uh, the Phillies melts in game two. Uh, you know, people were trying to talk themselves into positivity last night online uh, and, and put this out there, and it was out there from a couple different people. Uh, so we're gonna. This is just the positive ones uh, because well, this is the negative game two ones, uh, but the game three ones are gonna amaze you. Here's the Phillies since 2008 in game twos 2008 nlcs lost 2008 world series lost and that was if i'm was that the cliff lee cocky no that was game one uh 2009 nlds game two lost 2009 nlcs game two won uh or excuse me lost but won the series uh there's a theme here they lose a lot of game twos and continue to win the series uh all the way up to last year like you just mentioned they lost game two in san diego came back and blew the doors off the padres uh it happened in the world series also but we don't talk about that uh so yeah they're phenomenal in game ones i believe they're 21 and four maybe 22 and four i gotta go update my my math um Either way, dominant in game ones, really bad in game twos. So let's bring it back to the positive. Tyler, how are they in game threes? Because this is pretty eye-popping. Uh, we're going we're gonna to leave the 2011 um, uh, Cardinals game out of it uh, because <laughs> that doesn't fit our narrative. So we're just going to drop it. Uh, but game twos, they are 14-1 in those game ones, 6-9 in those game twos with a 10 and 4 series record over that span. And this is all since 2008, which is uh realistically the only outside of 93 the meaningful baseball of my life. Um so they do have this history to them uh that they seem to be following here hopefully and if that's the case, uh we'll all be partying Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean the the numbers don't lie that the Phillies have uh statistically been better game one game three and for whatever reason has 
kind of had a goose egg in game two. So we're look, we we said it's consistent. It absolutely is consistent. Um, it is definitely a massive momentum swing that you're talking about, Ben Woodworth. Ben Woodworth, excuse me, um, a chance to bury the Braves, and and you didn't. But this is this is on par for what the Phillies have been doing postseason. Now we have seen them consistently come out game one fantastic lights out game two drop off and I I mean I think part of that is when you come into a a series and you go in and play game one the way that the Phillies have done even this past Saturday sometimes you kind of get a little bit too high on yourselves and as we all know you can't get too high can't get too low you're right there Jamie throwing up the sorry my OCD was cleaning up some of the carpet fuzzies (laughs) okay Sorry, I didn't mean to. Look. I was fully listening to you. Just no, cle- no, you're fine. I'm just making sure fuzzies. everything's okay. I don't know if I need to be concerned. Yeah, What's going on down yeah. there? Flops are going at it. Yeah. Um, but if you look at this series specifically, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. And it did kind of feel like after game one, the Phillies took their foot off the gas and maybe got a little bit complacent. You don't win a series in one game. You don't win a game in six innings. And so you have to make sure that you are continuing with that same momentum and what's working. And what was what was working was getting hits, making good plays, finishing out plays, not assuming the play's over while a guy's rounding third base, finishing out plays. So, yeah, I think that, uh, again, as we've talked about, very frustrating to lose, but the stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie, guys. Numbers don't lie. The Phillies, tomorrow is a new day. Yeah, it is. Um, So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, uh, but I do need to bitch about one guy I didn't get to bitch about last night. Just one? Just one. Because, look, I, you know, I was thinking last night I got home and we both threw some notes in our uh, our, our app, I guess, that we use. Um, <laughs> and I saw yours and you saw some of mine. And, and I put it like this. I, I put the blame of the rankings like this, and there's only two. I don't fault Rob Thompson. I know uh, that seems to be popular opinion out there. It's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinions. I, I think for the most part he was – pretty good outside of maybe not bringing Alvarado out to start the seventh there. That's a minor gripe. I don't think that's really the reason. Uh, I Not tacking on the runs like you talked about last night. 11 uh, base runners there in the first five innings. That's just a recipe for disaster. Uh, and then number two, I put it on Trey Turner's error on the cutoff throw. I think that's... Uh, he talked about it after the game. Uh, this is what he had to say. He said, with the other one, I knew Acuna was going to be running hard and looking for that play exactly. I tried to cut it off once, and when I, once I saw Nick throw it, I knew it was going to hit the dirt. I thought it was going to bounce a little higher than it did. It kind of skidded on me, and I didn't come up with it. Uh, so I was kind of prepared for him to keep running, but I didn't make the play, obviously. I think that was a huge play because that gave that stadium a breath of life. It, it, was, it was like a CPR chest compression for him. And once that happened, it was like, oh, no. Like, they, they, they actually believe. So positive, it took a Phillies error for the Braves to get life. On the negative... It was a freaking error that led to uh, the Braves getting that life back in them. And so, I remember in that moment feeling like... But that's like, not the person I have to bitch about. We'll get, oh. to that. we'll get to that in a second. Those were just the two... Oh, ma- I felt like that oh, was... No, 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 no. This person wasn't talked about last night, and I it, can, it, it actually angered me more and more as I was doing Can the I notes. jump in on that really yeah, quickly? Yeah. Because I think the most frustrating part about that error by Trey Turner was, at that point, 
Zach Wheeler hadn't given up a hit. Yeah. That's the first hit, Albies. first run Ugh. of the game. That's how you that's yeah. how you end Worst the streak. Like ever, I think yeah. that's also what made it so bad, the timing of it. Like your teammate, and I know we talked about this on our postgame show yesterday. Your teammate is at the mound laying it all out there. Yeah. You know, throwing 96, 97, 98, striking them out, five in a row, six in a row. No hits, no runs, and then you have this lax play. And I actually want like the first error by Trey Turner that seemed like he was moving, you, so. and it seemed like he was moving too fast in that play. So I'm like, that's a play where you're moving before you fully had the ball in your mitt. Yeah. You know, you're 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 uh, t- you're a step ahead, and you don't you have to secure the ball in the glove first. But the second error was almost. Like as you talk about in his quote, he was thinking about throwing he was thinking before about, it caught, right, he and, it, and yeah. it just he kind of like froze a little bit. Yeah. Like he's Trey Turner's obviously very fast, hence all the stolen bases and everything. And in that play, we saw Trey Turner move very slow in a moment where I I'd rather you be moving too quickly and mess up versus like you're taking your time and Acuna's rounding the base. So that was I think what my biggest gripe with the timing of that and then just the the way it looked. But apparently that's not what you're most mad about. So I'll let uh, you finish. Yeah, this one has grown on me here. Oh no. Uh, I was doing some reading after the game last night and, and um, you know Austin Riley had been getting. And I'm gonna see if our seam head Tyler agrees with me here uh, Austin Riley was getting burned with fastballs uh, they were pitching him fastballs inside and he wasn't catching around to them now the the hit by pitch to Acuna that's brutal but it wasn't the worst pitch in the world uh, it's not like he was wildly out of control why the hell did JT call a slider there that's a bad pitch call and as I was put, and I think I have a, uh, an anger look of uh, agreement from Tyler Zuli, I think that's a really shitty pitch call. And JT in the past, uh, I've, you know, kind of wondered out loud in a previous life. It's kind of always in the back of my mind, does he call the best games? And he is a phenomenal catcher. I think his one Achilles heel is sometimes how he calls games. And Hoffman throws gas. Uh, some numbers courtesy of the great Jason Stark, uh, Jeff Hoffman versus right-handed hitters this year. They only slugged 226 against him. He faced 129 right-handed batters, only 14 hits and 43 strikeouts. Why in that situation would you call for a low and outside slider that has the possibility of hanging versus a very good hitter who was not catching up to the speed. JT Real Muto last night was the one that was bothering me. I didn't mention it in the post-game show. It was kind of one of those things where like I needed to decompress and then think about it again. It's obvious everybody goes to Hoffman there to blame him. Uh, he does have the control, I, I'm assuming, to shake him off if he wants. Uh, I thought that was a really bad pitch selection there by JT Real Muto. So he's the guy that um, I'm a little bitter about this morning, to be yeah. on, to be honest. Yeah, and TB, you're saying Jeff threw him a meatball. It, it yeah. was a, it was a bad pitch call, Ben. To your point, and Jamie, as you're talking Don't put about, him in that situation. the hard thing is JT hits a home run earlier in the game, but then turns around and and you give up one because you have a, it's a bad pitch call. Now Je- uh, Jeff Hoffman hadn't given up a homer since. August 8th, and what a terrible time to break that streak. Um, you know, it just, it's frustrating because 
you could you could see the the little things that we t- and we talked about this again yesterday. The Death little by paper things, cuts, yeah. the little things, yeah, that just slowly added up. It's like you're stubbing your toe over and over uh, again. I did that this morning. <laughs> you did why that this it, morning. Why does it hurt so bad? <laughs> it's like yeah, keep stubbing your toe on the same spot. And we all had that piece of furniture in our house where you consistently stub your toe on. It's usually a bed or a dresser. You're just stubbing your toe over and over again, and there's and you're slowly watching it unfold, and that was the breaking point. You know, there was the Trey Turner error, there was decision making by Rob, there was a couple things along the way. That was absolutely the error. Fastballs had been working all night. Zach yeah. Wheeler had been killing them with fastballs, and then Jeff Hoffman throws. That's a good point. The pitch call there was, was not good. You're switching it up, and there's not a reason to switch it up. Go with what's working. Let's not overthink things. Yeah, Michael Mundy in the chat says I think Hoffman Hoffman called him off. He didn't have the confidence in his fastball. If he doesn't have the confidence in his fastball, then well, he doesn't have any. Issue. Yeah, then he then he doesn't have any confidence. Uh, and I don't think that's the case because he was great the night before in a higher, just as high leverage situation. Uh, now I was listening to radio this morning. Some some friends of mine, some former colleagues of mine, and uh, some people uh, have ripped the decision to go to Hoffman. There, he is. I think Alvarado is your best bullpen arm. Jeff Hoffman is your high-leverage right-handed reliever. It's, it's not the r- wrong call to go to him. Uh, he's earned it this year. You know, I saw a guy on Twitter this morning saying, how many guys, you know, kind of suck for eight years in the league and then string it together in year nine? I don't know, man. Disney makes movies about weird stuff in sports all the time. <laughs> Things happen. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think it's fair to rip the decision to go to Hoffman. Hoffman is your right-handed high-leverage guy. So, uh, to me, that falls on JT Real Muto. I, I just think that's an extremely high-risk pitch there. And it was unnecessary because Riley had shown you in the first, you know, basically six or seven at-bats that he wasn't catching up to the inside heat. So just stick with what was working there. I just think they they overthought that one a little bit too much. And I felt like that was also a consistent theme for the Phillies and and how they lost. It felt like some overthinking. I mean... Trey Turner's error, and I keep talking about it. Uh, Hoffman and and JT there in in that moment, deciding to switch up the pitch. Rob, I just felt like there was some overthinking of it, and and that's where, to me, it feels like you're getting, you're playing cute. Like you're getting, you're getting a little bit too cutesy and complacent. And instead of continuing to be aggressive, continuing to um, do what has been working. And so you're, you're going with uh, JT, and I could see that. And I know that also Joseph is in the chat saying I would have gone Sir Anthony. Personally, I mean, I I feel like Hoffman in the postseason and Hoffman at the end of the season and in the postseason, I should say, he's been has great. proven yeah. that he's he's deserving of stepping into that role. I don't think it's a bad decision to put Hoffman on the mound. Um, and I agree with you, Casper. It's not a bad decision, but I just think it's it is the pitch calling there has to be has to be better. And it Ashley, you're saying the same thing I'm saying. It felt like they were in their heads. I just think sometimes in sports you have a split second to make a decision. That's what's that's what's hard about sports. There's there's no time to go back and oh you know what let's just try it again. You got to do it right the first time and you have a split second to make that decision. But you've got to also go with what's working and what makes sense and not get cute. And that's where my issue with Rob falls. I know you're on the JT Hill. I'm gonna go on the Rob Hill because Rob Thompson after a phenomenal game one managing the bullpen comes in and I felt like got cute and got a little bit carried away. Now I have two questions to pose for you, Jamie. 
Okay. The, the first uh, is... Before we get to your questions, I just want to address two things in the chat before God, we lose God. them. Will and Casper, I think Acuna definitely leaned into that a little bit. Mm. And this is where I hate the armor in baseball. I hate... I hate it. I understand yeah. player protection and all that, but it also allows guys be a man, be Chase Utley, yeah. and lean into it and take it. Uh, now they have armor on, and it's a lot easier to just put your elbow, elbow into a pitch. So, quick rant on that. I, I understand the armor. I hate the armor because it allows guys like Acuna to just go, oh, ow. Oh, ow, you hit yeah. me. So anyway, I had to interrupt <laughs> ow, and address no, those fine. comments real quick. So what do you got for me? Well, Ben is also saying he'd rather start have hit a grand slam with the bases loaded there versus cool. winning the $1.7 billion Powerball. I don't know about that, Ben. I don't, you know what? I may have to agree to disagree on that yeah, one. Yeah, I love sports, Ben, but I'm Ooh, taking the $1.7 billion. I will take that $1.7 billion all day, every day, in two days yesterday. So uh, yeah, I will definitely not agree with you on that one. Okay, so there's, there's a couple things here. Now, for one, Rob has struggled with managing Zach Wheeler. I know we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. We've seen it happen. I know there was the, the piece that was put out about Zach Wheeler being a blind spot for Rob Thompson. We've seen that the World Series. We've seen that in, in, in just yesterday's game. What do you think it is that – why is it that Rob struggles with Zach, in your opinion, versus like it, everybody else? It seems like he does a good job pulling the hook, pulling him off the mound when it makes sense. But for Zach, for whatever reason, it feels like, especially in crunch moments, is Rob I think he's, over-trusting? I is think he... he's a great pitcher, um, and Rob gives them that extra leash that other pitchers don't get. Um, I think if that's any other pitcher on the Phillies or another team Rob's managing, Jose Alvarado probably comes in in the seventh. Uh, but he talked to Zach. He talked about it after the game. He said, I talked to Zach. His pitch count was still low. Zach told me he wanted to be out there. He felt great still. Uh, Zach did tell him to have somebody warmed up uh, because he knew he was approaching the end. Uh, but Zach's a great pitcher, and with great pitchers, they have equity with their managers. And I, and I really think it's as simple as that. He, I think he just gives Zach the chance to get out of things and to – have those great performances and you know maybe it's something going forward he really has to keep an eye on after the sixth inning um I can't kill Rob for that because I probably would do the same thing because Zach Wheeler was excellent last night he really was I mean yes. Albies was the first hit of the game uh 10 strikeouts tying Steve Carlton and Cliff Lees mm -hmm. and Kirk Schillings like he put him on the table, and he showed up. It's unfortunate the way it, it kind of went there, but if I'm Rob Thompson I, and Zach Wheeler tells me in the seventh inning, I'm still good, I got more pitches, warm somebody up, I'm going, all right, Zach, go get him. Yeah, I do feel like as managers, you typically – you always – you don't manage everybody the same way. You know, your sure. top guys, yeah. you absolutely give them a little bit more leeway and yeah. you expect more from them, you know, whether it's Zach Wheeler on the mound or Bryce Harper. You know, there's, there's guys that you don't hold them to the same standards as everybody else. And that being said, do you feel like Rob's decision to pull Jose Alvarado so quickly was makeup or, or a result of maybe feeling like he left Zach on the mound too soon and didn't want to make that mistake again? And looking back on it, it's like I almost wish they – I can't kill Rob for this because, I, like I just said, I go to Wheeler there. If he says he's good, you, you're, my, you're my horse. You get it. But with Olsen leading off in the lefty-lefty matchup, hindsight being 20-20, you do look back at it and go, should Alvarado have just come in there for the lefty-lefty matchup? Um, that's one of those things that's just, that's just baseball, you know? Like, 
I don't think it's the wrong decision. It ended up in the wrong outcome. I don't think the execution was there. Um, but again, you know, they get the strikeout after Acuna scores. So if Trey Turner holds on to that ball, mm -hmm. if my aunt had ball, she'd be my uncle. Uh, but if Trey Turner holds on to that, Acuna doesn't score. It's probably a Phillies victory. No, you're not going to just casually drop that in there and roll if over my, it. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. You've never heard that? No. It's the well, if thing. You can't live in if world, you know? I see. If my aunt had balls, Tyler, she'd be my uncle. Tyler, have you heard that before? It's just it's funny that you dropped it in there. Like, well, because you know, I was doing the if Trey Turner doesn't drop it, the Phillies probably now. win, which is, a, which is a stretch and kind of unfair. Yeah. Um, so you if know. your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. I, yeah. Okay, I get that. That yeah. doesn't make sense. It does make, you know what? You're making sense today. <laughs> you just had to stub your toe, and now all of a yeah. sudden things are making sense. But it, uh, oh, you know, thank you, Alex, for saying I'm making a good point. I just, it, it does. it does make me wonder. Sometimes I feel like just like umps and officials make calls that are sometimes makeup calls yeah coaches and managers do the same thing and so it, i felt like in a little bit of a, a knee-jerk reaction from zach you know maybe leaving him in a little bit too long um jose alvarado was pulled quicker than maybe most of us would have liked it because seemed of like that. he's kind of going with that one full yeah. inning pitch thing because after like it's it's such a this is so baseball right <laughs> like game one he gets 16 outs from the bullpen fires on Classic. every cylinder makes the right decision every time mm -hmm. and then because the execution <laughs> wasn't there the decision gets crucified yeah um whereas i think the decision making was sound the execution is what killed you. Yeah. So it's just like, and that's, that's baseball, baby. And that's a good point because, you know, there are a lot of times where you make the right decision, but as we know, he's not on the mound pitching. So yeah. he can put the guys in the right position and maybe they go out and, and in that case it was on Jeff and JT, not as much on Rob. So, yeah, I mean, I do, I do feel like between the righty-lefty rotation and then just the way that the bullpen has, has worked through the rotation, you know, Rob has a flow that he likes to stick with mm -hmm. and uh, yesterday it didn't work out Saturday it did work out but I'm yeah. still I'm not again I will never fully blame any manager because you're not playing for your guys you can motivate them you can give a fantastic pep talk you can make the right rotations at the end of the day we're talking about grown-ass men having to make the plays and that's not on Rob standing on the, in, in the dugout watching he can't do that for them so i do think some of these rotations could be better but it doesn't matter when your name is called the the lights the, the lights are shining brightest it's the postseason you got to be ready to make a play period yeah but i'm still not gonna i'm still gonna give him like five percent of the blame and, and then the rest goes to everybody else that's why i that's <laughs> why i turned my attention to jt there because i think the the, the thinking was sound uh, just throw the cheese, man. I mean, Hoffman, Keep it simple. Hoffman could throw 98-99, and he's been killing right-handed batters all season long. Why are you going with a pitch that could potentially hang on you versus a abnormally strong major league player? Like, Austin Riley's huge. Yeah, and yeah. He, you saw it. His right hand was barely on the bat as he made contact with it, and that was a surefire home run right off the bat. And, you know, not every guy in Major League Baseball can do that. If you throw that pitch to Darno, he's not taking a yard. But yeah. I, Austin Wright, like, that time, that situation, that batter, why you're calling a low outside slider that could hang, uh, like, 
I, I may never understand. And hopefully the Phillies just come out and win game three so I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. Because that's that's like a little brain disease of JT that I'm going to carry into next season with me if this ends up being uh, the end of the season. So I want to ask you, now that you had a night to sleep on it, the other talking point I heard in sports radio this morning was what we talked about last night, Bryce Harper's base running decision. <laughs> now, Bryce was wrong. Uh, that is not traditional, fundamental baseball. Rob Thompson even said it after the game. He said, yeah, usually you stay uh, it was second base in front of you, but Bryce saw an opportunity um, to, to basically tie the game up, and he went for it. And I've said this about Harper. Uh, I love his aggression on the Bates pass. I don't think he's the smartest base runner in the world, uh, but I think he goes balls to the wall every single time, and I don't want to take that out of him. Yeah. So I've accepted that I live with his errors. Last night was a big spot. I think some people are making more of it than it was because it was a potential game-tying situation. And in that we're discrediting the play that Michael Harris made. Yeah. Michael Harris, it came out last night in the uh, the ball flight tracking, you know, advanced nerd analytics of baseball, uh, that that was a 45% catch rate probability, and that doesn't fully capture how difficult the caps actually was. He needed to cover 92 feet in 5.4 seconds to get there, and his, his jump was plus 5 feet above average. So... That ball was smoked by Nick Castellanos. Yeah. And Bryce Harper knew that. He saw it. Like, he tattooed that. And, you know, it says it's a 45% catch rate, but actually more difficult when the, with the jump and the wall and the turnaround and throw in and all that. I, I, I don't want to discredit Bryce Harper and just say he's some mimbo that runs hard every single time. I think he, he's aware of how good of a fielder Michael Harris is. He saw how hard the ball was hit. And... He went for it, and I still this morning cannot roast him for it. Yeah. Um, I kind of had to hit Michael Harris there. That's a hell of a play. The Bryce thing doesn't anger me now that you've slept on it a night. Uh, are you okay with Bryce's style there? Because, you know, I heard some people this morning, whether it be on social media or sports radio, like really giving it to Harper, and I, and I went, I, I, I don't think it was that bad. Even though he's wrong, I'm not trying to justify the wrongness of it. He was wrong, but I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I saw it was the first 8-5-3 uh, play in, in Major League Baseball postseason history. Well, if you're going to suck, um, suck historically, Yeah, right? and that's you know? the thing. It was an iconic moment. Like, that's one of the best plays, best double plays we've seen ever in any game, um, playoffs, regular season. So here's my thing. I, as an athlete, was always on this, the side of, like, you're going to – you. You're going to miss every shot that you don't take. Yeah. You have to try. You know, to, to score, you've got to take risks. And in that moment, nobody is expecting Harris to make that incredible double play. Nobody. And Bryce Harper, and Bryce just like all of us, sees the ball sees taking off, off the bat and, he's and like, goes. I'm going. Now, on the other side of that, if Bryce is more conservative, I know somebody in the chat was saying this, if Bryce is more conservative, you still have two outs and Bryce is on first, but... It's the top of the inning, and you know. Iglesias like is there's, really good. Who's, there's, there's so much left in that game. But it is you, stock coming up. Uh, which, but which it's I'm a lot of ifs. It's a lot of ifs. If, if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. Damn, she's got it. <laughs> I mean, there's so many ifs there. Then so many ways that's in there. Okay, maybe Harper stays conservative, and then they still end up losing. You know, I. Here's my my other issue with this is. 
How about you just not put yourselves in that situation? Yeah, I take advantage fault, of runners. I don't fault position. Bryce Harper. I fault the fact that Bryce Harper was put in that situation to begin with because you shouldn't have to get to that point. It's like when people say, you know, in any game somebody misses the final final shot or you, you have the, the, the quarterback tries to, you know, throw it long and on the last play misses. How about you not put yourselves in those situations and then you don't have to have it come down to a last minute, you know, a, a, a game-saving play. So I'm all for the fact that Bryce Harper was playing aggressive, took a risk, it didn't work out. Not an, not an, not an issue because – that's just a great play by Michael Harris. It, it is. And on the other side, Bryce Harper and the Phillies should not have been in that situation to begin with. Up 4-0 with all the things that we've already know happened leading up to it's the seventh in. inning. There's no reason why the Phillies should have even have been in a place to have to make a desperate type of a play like that. That's yeah. a desperate play. So I don't fault Bryce Harper. I fault the Phillies as a whole because you shouldn't have dug yourselves in that type of a, a scenario where you're now chasing the game, having to make a big play. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene Kraft. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Joseph Kalich says, you know, wrong destination, but the right journey. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that's right. And here's Rob Thompson after the game. Uh, when asked about it, the question was, Rob, should Bryce have stopped at second base on that last play? Rob said, usually you don't pass the base. You stay in front of it. Make sure it's not caught. But he thought the ball was clearly over his head, didn't think he was going to catch it, and Harris made a heck of a play. Unbelievable. He tried to get back. He slipped. And you, but usually you do stay in front of the second base. So, like, I think yeah. everybody knows. I think to call Bryce Harper a dumb base runner today is unfair. Oh, that's very much unfair. I think that's he's an unfair. aggressive base runner. And I personally don't want him to change. I, yeah. I love it. I, I wish I could sit in front of the TV for all 162 games and all nine innings every night and, and track his aggressiveness. Like, because... I think more often than not, it's a, a benefit for the team. You just saw it last round when he didn't listen to Dusty Watham. So, like, I don't want to take that away from him because yeah. he wants to be great and he thinks he can make more plays than he can. And never change, Bryce, in my opinion. Yeah, and you can't one day be cheering a guy on for the same thing that you then are complaining about them for. You know, uh, Bryce Harper is very aggressive. We've seen him waving off Dusty, running through, um, you know, taking those chances, and it pay off, and we, ex we, we love it. We cheer for it. Versus on the other side, sometimes it doesn't play out, and you're now ready to just, you know, completely throw Harper away. So yeah. I am I, all for... Bryce Harper taking that chance there. Yeah. Um, I definitely do not like the fact the Phillies were even in that situation to begin with, but I'm not going to put all the blame on Bryce Harper there. Yes, you could have kept the game alive if you're more conservative, but who's to say what happens next? We don't know. We have no idea. Yeah, and the I Phillies could go on to right. win the game. The Phillies can still lose the game. So take risks. This is a, it's the playoffs. We've got to play aggressive. This is not the time to you know be conservative and wait. There's no need. There's not. You want to leave it all out there. Yeah, and, and I, I think agree. that's what we had happen. Is it Alex that uh, was just up there in the chat a second ago? Said it reminded me uh, exactly of the Chaz McCormick uh, play last year in the World Series and Nick Castellanos is like kind of cursed with smoking these balls to the corner and outfielders making great plays on them. But you know what else is a great play, Renee? That's DraftKings. Because things are heating up <laughs> in the ballpark and every team is playing to finish the year strong and make it to the playoffs. And Aaron Nola is a slight favorite tomorrow night at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, last night, I haven't looked this morning, he was minus 122 to take that game. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets 
bets for betting just five dollars on baseball. You can time me today. I'm gonna play. I'm like ready. A, I'm gonna play like a champion. I'm back. That's part of the problem. All you right. know, everybody's not doing their part. Yeah. It's time for you to step up. All customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings same game parlay. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that code PHLY. It's right there on the screen for you. Right there. Right down there. Uh, new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. Take the a deep crown breath. is yours. All right, here we go. This is uh, this. If I break the record, the Phillies are a lock to win tomorrow night, and I'm going to bet them. What's the record? 31 seconds? 3109. All right. Uh, all right, here we go. No breathing. Just just go. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash baseball for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bet expires seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Yeah! Time. Let's go. go. I'm lock back, it, baby. Lock I'm back. It, lock it. Let him know. Let him know. Go, Jamie. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Man, if that's not us, look. <laughs> I feel good after that. That was great. Uh, I had that to lock was great. In. I had to lock 2803 is the new record, guys. 2803. Right, that's I'm what I'm talking about. I'm the Phillies about. tomorrow night, I Ooh, promise. Wee. Chef Jamie in his bag <laughs> cooking on him, y'all. <sighs> All right, that was impressive. Everyone was cheering you on too, which I love to see. So um, we did have our best bets. Speaking of DraftKings, and we were predicting some things to to unfold. We didn't have a chance to recap it in the post game because we were too salty. But a couple of them did did hit. Not all of them, though. Not all of them. Hi, yi, yi. So I know I was talking at the parlay of the, what was it, the Phillies had to win. So there goes that parlay. Yeah. The other half of it is irrelevant at that point because the Phillies lost. So the parlay didn't pan out if you were listening to me and put money on that. Um, I was correct about Zach over five and a half strikeouts. That, so. I think you had that in the second inning. I definitely did. <laughs> I definitely did. I think it was six up, six <laughs> down. That's pretty good uh, ratio, Zach, if you could just keep that up. That's all. And, and look, Zach might be back for a game five. And you might have, well, you're going to have Spencer Strider in game four in Philadelphia. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't go to a game five. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. You might be able to bet that one again in game five. Or yeah. Two. I did also say Ronald Acuna Jr. was going to have less than one and a half hits. Now, Ronald Acuna Jr. did not have a hit. He had a, he had a leaned in hit by he pitch. Got, he got hit. But that's like, but he didn't have over one and a half. Ditch, ditch the, ditch the armor, you coward. So he goes in the stats as zero hits, even though he had two runs, whatever. But so those two were correct. I don't remember what exactly yours. I were. took Schwarber to get a hit, which hit. Yes. Uh, I took Trey Turner home run as a long shot that missed, and I think that might have been it. Um, so yeah, the Ooh. Trey Turner was the long shot play. Uh, but somebody's going yard in game three at Citizens Bank Park on the fills. And you know what else makes it better? Thank you, Michael Mundy, for the reminder that you did that in 28.3 seconds. Atlanta. 28.3. Oh, 28.3, Atlanta. 28.3, Atlanta. Love it's it. All, it's all like kismet. 
Well, you, you want to talk about kismet. Um, why are the Braves poking the bear? <laughs> um, Stupid. Orlando Arcia, the all-star shortstop for the Braves this year. Um, your hubris <laughs> is uh, palpable from up here in Philadelphia. And thank you for giving Bryce Harper some extra motivation. Thank you for giving Citizens Bank Park and the frenzy that it's going to be tomorrow night. And we are going to be giving away our tickets shortly. So if, you're, uh, if you entered that contest online, uh, we'll be doing that in a little bit. But Orlando Garcia, after the game, uh, and this was courtesy of a guy from Fox Sports whose name is not in front of me right now, and I apologize for that. I will find it in a second. Orlando Arcia cackled emphatically about Harper's misfortune on the base pass, bellowing, ha, 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 attaboy Harper, repeatedly as reporters circled the room. Repeatedly. Ha, 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 attaboy Harper. I hope Bryce Harper hits one to Jupiter, and as he's rounding second base tomorrow night, says, ha, 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 attaboy Harper, to himself so Arcia can hear it. Thank you for poking the tiger in a cage. Um, that's not going to end well for you. I, I, I honestly believe you don't act like that uh, because I do believe in karma, and I think that's dickhead karma he just put into the universe. Uh, Bryce Harper is not that, so uh, I expect good things to happen for Bryce Harper tomorrow night in Philadelphia. I say we get a nice attaboy Harper chant going at Citizens Bank Park as Bryce Harper is scoring on the Braves. Um, you know, it just act like you've won before because as we talked about with the Phillies, you don't win a series in one game. So the same applies to the Braves. You don't win a series in one game. Yeah, you tied the series up, you split, you are at home, you are the best team offensively in the, and up there and statistically for the best in Major League Baseball history. You're expected to win. So to have such cockiness because you tied the series up when you by on paper should not have been down to begin with. You should just be humble in that clubhouse yeah. and just and just say all the politically correct things, get in and out of those interviews and keep it simple. But you absolutely should not be Jake cocky Mintz, in that yes. moment. And uh, yeah, and, and you're now getting carried away and you're saying things that are only adding more chalkboard material because there are plenty of games left, lots of innings left. And to sit up and, and of all people to Bryce Harbor. Seriously? Yeah, one of the Thank most you. clutch players Thank you. in, in we'll take baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, please poke him. And I agree, Trevor Rice. That is a loser mentality. Agreed. If you're focusing on the team that beat themselves for you to win rather than what you <laughs> actually did. And I and I do agree that the Phillies shot themselves in the foot. They Plaxico burst themselves. <laughs> um, I, 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 oh, man. Plaxico catching straight. Well, I mean, don't put a gun Literally. in sweatpants and go to the club. It <laughs> seems pretty simple to me. Uh, catching strays yeah, again. I don't, I don't think Plaxico. <laughs> goes up for any Rhodes Scholars Award after that incident. Uh, so I, I, you know, it might be loser mentality on my part to think that way, but I really do think the Phillies kind of, I don't want to say gift wrapped it because Austin Riley and Dar Darno still had to go yard, um, but they definitely shot themselves in the foot which I think led to momentum for the Braves, which led to a victory for the Braves. So I, I'm they not did. trying to take the Phillies off the hook, but I do think they hurt themselves more than the Braves. 
Bingo. You know. It was about what the Phillies did wrong, not what the what the Braves did right. And uh, I know, Alex, you were saying that my bets have been correct. Well, I'm going to say this early. Put any bets down on Bryce Harper. I know you guys were in the chat saying that, too. Whatever the bets are on, on, on Harper, take the over because tomorrow is going to be a huge day for Bryce Harper. And as if the Phillies didn't need any more motivation, uh, you're in the clubhouse saying things like, ha, 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 attaboy Harper. So I'm expecting this to be a game much like last year's game three was 9-1 Phillies. This has the makings of setting us up for the Phillies to come in and offensively just explode. We haven't seen them in terms of home runs really hit the numbers that they typically can get. Um, obviously, the bullpen starting off with Aaron Nola, expecting that to be better. So uh, tomorrow's looking like a good day. Just keep all the, the, the chalkboard material coming, Braves, because you clearly don't know how to act like you've been here before. Yeah, and Spencer Strider's another one I see the chat saying, you know, he's, he's a douche. Um, <laughs> I agree. Uh, there was he was caught last night jumping up over the dugout railing and yelling "f you." I think yes. it was directed yes. at one of the Phillies. I couldn't I don't tell know who, who was that. It doesn't matter because yeah. why are you doing that? Go find uh, you know whatever the hoppiest brewery is around and, and go read your uh, what your two speed uh, hipster Spencer bike. Spencer Stupid Stash Strider of all people yeah. does not need to give us in, in Philly any more ammunition of things to say to him because for him to be and, and people just kept playing it over and over again it was all over Twitter people were like this is what I'm saying to Philly fans right now okay we'll see who gets that last laugh we'll see who gets that last F you because at the end of the day you win one game in a series one game when you're already down 1-0 in the series you're at again everything on paper for the outside world it should have been the Braves coming out of this 2-0 we knew, as Philly fans and as people that have watched how talented the Phillies are, this is not going to be a, a cakewalk for the Braves. If anything, we know it's, it's our series to win. And for the Braves to have the audacity to be so cocky when you split a series after you got held scoreless at home Saturday, again, act like you've won before. So thank you. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. You know what else you can thank us for, though? FOCO, because you can get plenty of merchandise, apparel, collectibles, anything that you're looking to purchase to root on the Phillies or any of your teams for a nice discounted price. 10% off using the code PHLY at FOCO. FOCO, I know I ordered some things from there. Um, they've got some awesome, awesome gear. Phillies bracelets, the jumps, the overalls, whatever it is, FOCO is the place to buy. Again, the code is PHLY for 10% off. Well, Devin, Michael, you're saying we need to wear fake mustaches at Citizens Bank Park on Tuesday. I mean, Thursday. Well, Wednesday. Why not Wednesday? Because yeah, oh. he's pitching Thursday. Well, yeah, but we can do it on Wednesday also. And Alex um, and Devin say, or Alex and somebody else just <laughs> said, uh, they think Strider was yelling at the ump after a ball four call. Uh, either way. Either way. Uh, it doesn't I support, matter. I support harassing umpires, uh, but either way, still douche face. Definitely. General douchery. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Bryce Elder, Aaron Nola, that's the game. That's what it's all coming down to. And it's going to be a big one. You put in our notes last night, you know, who's, who needs to step up in game three? I'm oddly confident about the offense. Mm -hmm. I think somebody's going to go yard. I think that stadium is a source of something awesome for this team. So I'm not worried about the offense. I'm going to take the most simple answer off the board. It's Aaron Nola. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Nola yeah. has to be, at worst, good. Uh, if he's great, I think the Phillies win. If he's good, you know, odds are the Phillies probably win. Mm -hmm. But if he gives up one of those three or four run performances through five, and we'll see how aggressive Thompson is, uh, you know, 
does he use Ranger Suarez out of the pen? Because as we know, and maybe we'll have the stat tomorrow, that game three, when it's tied 1-1 in a game five series, you know, I think it's around 78, 76% of the time uh, the team that wins game three wins the series. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how Rob Thompson is, but I'm going to say Aaron Nola, uh, easiest answer off the board if we're playing Family Feud, uh, <laughs> is the guy that needs to step up tomorrow. And it you know, if things go poorly, this could be the last time we see him in a Phillies uniform. Um, he needs to be great. He yeah. does. And his team needs him to be great. And if he is, I, I think they win relatively easily. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, That's definitely I mean, the number it's, it's one answer one. on the board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, I agree. It's absolutely Aaron Nola at the top of that list that needs to be – we need to see Aaron Nola hot tomorrow. He's got to be playing well. I, I agree with you, Christy, though. My my person, I would say, is Kyle Schorber. Christy, you're saying Schorber's due for a shore bomb. Could not agree more. Um, pretty quiet. Pretty quiet day for Kyle Schorber. And uh, I think to – lead us off the right way i don't know if it happens on the very first pitch but at some oh, point man. in the game if he does that, that i know is gonna I, be... I could see it happening first pitch I who mean, knows he's, he's against due. elder who knows i mean tb saying elder is a 575 era in his last 14 starts um i'd love for kyle schwerber to start us off with with a homer um but i think it's got to be kyle schwerber offensively there are other names alec bohm one of them um, i know i talked about nick castellanos who had an okay day um but it, it starts with Kyle Schwarber for me. He, he definitely needs to lead us off the right way. Leading off with a bomb, the place would absolutely be insane, Christy, as we're talking about. That would be a great way to return back to Citizens Bank Park. But I, I feel offensively it's got to start there. Oh, I see Tyler typing in the chat. <laughs> he looked up the numbers, the percentage oh, uh, boy. of series wins for the team <laughs> that takes game three in a tied Oh, it's even more But while he's dominant. typing that up, um, you know, it is important, as we talk about Bryce Harper, it is important that in these big moments, your biggest stars shine bright. Yeah. Yes, we can talk about Pache, Marsh, Rojas at the bottom of the, bo bo bottom of the batting order. Wow, try saying that five times fast, bottom of the batting order. Um, but it starts at the top. Kyle Schrober, Trey Turner also is due for a big game t tomorrow, especially after the errors. We want to see Trey Turner double play Trey back in full command on both sides of the ball tomorrow, TT. So I'm hoping that we get Kyle Schrober and Trey Turner starting us off offensively. They got to be better. But then on the other side of the ball, Trey, looking at you, um, let's have an error-free game tomorrow, That would Trey. be nice. Uh, and all. then to all the people in the chat, you can see uh, Tyler just looked it up. <laughs> the teams that go up 2-1 in a best-of-five series are 26-5 and five when at home, 43-15 and 15 all time. Um, so to say that Aaron Nola is on the mound in a must-win situation, I do not think is hyperbole or unnecessary. I think tomorrow is absolutely an Aaron Nola must-win situation. Yeah. Uh, I had it, What's the gut feeling right now for you? We'll, we'll get deeper into this game tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be doing some broadcasts and then heading down to a tailgate, which we'll give you a little bit more information on that in a second. Uh, and also we have to announce our ticket winner. But my gut right now feels pretty good about Aaron Nola tomorrow night. I, I, I think we're going to get good Nola. I, I do. That's where my gut is leaning. I don't feel like great about it, but it's more good feelings than bad. Where are you, Renee Washington, this <laughs> full morning? Government. Full name, government name. I don't know your middle name, so I'm leaving it <laughs> out. Where does your gut feel 
is, is uh, you know, the right direction tomorrow. Well, Jamie Edward. Well, um, James is the real name. If you're going full oh, government. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Well, my middle name begins with a P, like Phillies. Ray P. Washington on, on Twitter. Patrice. You can find her. Yeah, it is. Ray P. Um, I'm going, we're not going to see an A.A. Ron show up tomorrow. Okay, we're going to see Aaron. All right. Okay, because tomorrow it's going it to be, then. it's going to be Aaron tomorrow. Aaron's day, not A.A. Ron's name. That's, that's what I call his alter ego when he's not playing well. Um, but without a doubt, we ain't losing, Nick. I agree. It's, I think Aaron Nola is ready to answer the call. We saw him do it last year in the same exact spot against the Braves. But also, as you talk about, Aaron Nola knows what's at stake here, not only just for this postseason, but for his career overall. And Aaron Nola, as Rob says, and I agree with Rob on this one, Topper, Aaron Nola is still that big game pitcher. And I think tomorrow, <sighs> going up against Elder or whoever he's going up against on the other side for the Braves, I think we're going to get an Aaron Nola performance that's going to just be enough to keep us no holes. You're not digging us in a hole. You're consistent. No drop off in that RAF or fourth inning. And I think we're just going to get a nice steady Aaron Nola. That's all we need. That's all we need. We don't need a historic record setting Aaron Nola, which would be great too. We're not complaining about that, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling positive. So all right, good. we'll definitely get into more of that as we get closer to game right. time. But as we're talking about game one, time. One second before we get to oh, oh, game you time. Messed no, up. The raid, raid. Oh, yeah, I didn't know the raid. I thought we were going to because I do want to get to one thing before we do the tickets and the tailgate. Um, Can you do it after game time? Yes, up? after game time. I thought you were going somewhere else. So I just, uh, my bad. My Man, bad. you weren't picking up All on right, what go, I was go, putting go, down, go. James. Um, <laughs> game time app. Game time app. Using the code PHLY gets you $20 off, so you can buy tickets to any games, concerts, anything that you're looking to attend in person. Use that code PHLY to get $20 off. Tim Williamson saying Aaron is probably going to show up. Um, oh, no. No, he's not. So what is what is it that you were what is it that you were gonna say? I just wanted to bring up the the uh, the first pitches of games three oh. and four in oh. Philadelphia before we give away our Let me tickets sit my here. my tea on that one. Uh, I am looking forward to giving away the ticket because it's it's fun to make somebody's day, and these these games are awesome experiences to go to. So I'm really looking forward to that. But yes, the Phillies announced the game three and game four first pitch people. Quite weird. Um, now game three is going to be, and nothing against the guy. He's a local guy. I believe he's from Abington, worked in center city for many years. I know some mutual acquaintances of his, uh, great dude. So it's nothing against him. Governor Josh Shapiro. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's an election season. Uh, year? I, I, I don't know if the gov gets people going. Oh, no, you don't get hyped up seeing Governor Shapiro throwing out the first pitch? That's no. not going to have you ready to, like, rally around the Phillies? Why not get, like, Jalen Hurts or even if you have to go back to the Kelsey well or A.J. Brown? How about or literally anybody? Allen Iverson or Nick Foles, the Gov? Uh, that's game three. And then game four is okay. It's better than the Gov. Um, it's Raul Abanez. Raul was a fan favorite when he was here. Raul! I like Raul a lot, but does that bring the juice either? I guess Raul does, but the Gov? 
Thought that was an interesting choice. Just wanted to get that. I was that hoping in. it was wrong, to be honest, when I saw that. And I he was fits like, 95, TV says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I like Josh Shapiro. I have nothing against him, but, like, I, I just don't think that brings the juice to the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, hypothetical man saying, when I think of baseball, I always think of the governor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I who doesn't think of Shapiro <laughs> fixing 95? You know what? He fixed 95 when it blew up. He's, He's going to fix the Phillies right. after they blew up that in Atlanta. I guess. Yeah, I just think that's kind of weird. Yeah, but I agree with Andrew. It doesn't matter. You could have, you know, a Teletubby out there throwing yeah, the first pitch. Whoever's throwing the first pitch, the fans are going to be excited regardless. I mean, if you brought out, yeah, like Martian Lynch, my cousin, says uh, bring out the fly in Hawaiian. Is he really your cousin? No. Uh, but like we shared the last Claim name, it. so what Claim up? It. Uh, but if you brought out Jalen Hurts... And he hums a he hums a fastball down the pipe. That's all. That place is gonna go wild. <sighs> yeah. So, all right, let's get to the rest. Well, Jim Tomei's daughter Lila's gonna be singing the national anthem. Oh, she, I didn't uh, know that. yeah, the. The yeah, whole, totally I know, it. He's going to be there. He <laughs> the basically whole, ushered Hall in Citizens Famer. Bank Park. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. played with the Phillies, and obviously we know the career he had. Love I don't Jim know. Tom. He's going to be – his daughter's going to be there. Why wouldn't you just have him throw it? Let's keep it there. Keep it consistent. We're overthinking things again, guys. We're overthinking things. Mm. But Lila's going to be singing. So uh, she's she's sung before. She does a good job. Nice. So there's Love a Jim positive. Tom. Yeah. Um, another positive is we, that we have tickets to give away. Yes. Now, you guys have all been waiting with bated breath. Chris, our social media guy, picked it out before yes. we, we went on air We here. waited until the show started at 11.30. We waited until like 11.25 to get the official verdict on who was going to be headed to Citizens Bank Park for free to watch Shapiro throw out the first pitch. In uh, section 201, great sitting seats. Sitting in section 201. Drum roll, please. The winner is of our PHOY Phillies podcast ticket giveaway, Christy with the handle at Joel51868, who said she will be taking her daughter Ella to the game. Christy and Ella are headed to Citizens Bank Park to enjoy game three sitting in section 201. For free, guys. That's awesome. For free. So shout out to Christy. I don't know if you're watching right now. I'm assuming Ella might be in school right now. I I, Um, I would think, yeah. I would hope. I would hope. Um, But, yes, thank you to all of you guys that participated in our ticket giveaway. We have tons of giveaways and events coming up. We always are going to be promoting them on our social media. And right now it's Phillies because the Phillies are in the playoffs, and that's a hot ticket in town. But we're going to have tickets for all games across Philly sports. And, of course, we're going to have our tailgate taking place on Wednesday. So if you haven't already, it's not too late to sign up to be a part of our PHLY tailgate prior to the game on Wednesday. Uh, We'll all be out there from 1.30 to 4.30. The tailgate is going to be at the Jetro lot. Um, if you are a diehard, you also get a discount. Uh, Tyler, if you have that graphic flash, that bad boy on up up there as people are giving the congrats to Chris. I like that we congratulate people. Yeah, we're, we're a loving such, community here. We're so here. loving. Look at us. And we're going to be even more loving Wednesday, whereas we're getting rowdy. So 1.30 to 4.30 Wednesday, the official PHLY tailgate, as we're going to have a spread for you, a buffet of great Cavs food. Cavs catering. Oh, uh, Bob, Cavanaugh can cook. Let oh, me yeah. tell you that. So the spread's going to be great. Uh, there may be some uh, some liquids that we give away um, as part of the deal, uh, but please, uh, if you can, 1.30 to 4.30, it's a great deal, great food, great people, good vibes in the Jetro. It's going to be a lot of fun, good Renee. Good vibes in the I, Jetro. I didn't drink last night. I didn't drink tonight. I'm saving myself for Wednesday because I once read that 48-hour uh, breaks are good for the kidneys. 
uh, or, or the livers, excuse me. So uh, no, it's probably good for the so kidney I, too. I took 48 hours. Hydrating up, getting ready for Wednesday, and well, uh, I'll bring my A game. Another great way to hydrate is by eating some good food. I know, Christy, I'm so sorry. I had to clarify which Christy was because I knew you were in the chat, too. Yeah, that's um, Christy Loves Beers. What up, Christy? <laughs> Alyssa said, oh, Alyssa is also at school but still here. <laughs> you know, I love the dedication, guys. I love the dedication. Alyssa's a teacher, Sending your yeah. congrats as you punch a hole through the wall. Yes, yeah. that's commitment. But listen, if you're a PHLY diehard, you do get a nice discount on all PHLY events, including the tailgate Wednesday. But for everybody that attends, you talk about Cavs catering. Listen to this menu that we have. Ooh. Caesar salad, a seafood trio, clams, mussels, and shrimp in a white wine sauce. I'm sold there. Say less. I love mussels. I love all that, actually. Penne pasta. Mm. We've got filet mignon sandwiches. Oh, I've had these before. They're really Boneless good. Boneless grilled chicken sandwiches. Grilled sauces with peppers and onions. One of my favorites. Hamburgers, cheeseburgers, hot dogs, and plenty of cold beverages coming your way. So there's no reason to miss out on this tailgate. As I switch over yeah, to Mac. Yeah, this is British Christmas time. Uh, <laughs> well, I feel like if you're, if you, I had to switch it up. I'm giving the menu here. This is a great menu, and you get all that included. Of course, unlimited drinks and food for your for your purchase. So it definitely sounds like a great tailgate. Could be a dinner date, Eugene Krabs. If you play your cards right, you could be having a dinner date with this guy right here. I'm real slutty, Eugene. What <laughs> up? No hesitation. <laughs> you know what I can always count on is I can tee you up and you just go with it with like no hesitation. Yeah, no, I try not to think too hard. You know, <laughs> it's just like first thing that comes to mind. Just trust the gut. And I and consistently go. just feed you these inappropriate opportunities, yeah. and every time you knock it out the park, yeah, I'll give you, you that. You're I'll give welcome. you that. You're, you're the Bryce Harper of the squad for sure. <laughs> you're just knocking it out the park every time. Oh, man. Well, tomorrow's going to be a good day. Uh, focus all your positive energy and karma into it. The Phillies need us. I know Citizens Bank Park is not going to let them down. It's a great home field advantage for a reason because we're the best freaking fans in the world. Uh, I know I speak for Renee when I, and Tyler. We're having a lot of fun doing this podcast and this show. Hopefully, we can meet a bunch of you tomorrow. Go Phillies. I'm getting there. I'm almost yes. back to positive Jamie. Uh, but last night hurt, and uh, I'll be licking my wounds for a couple more hours, and then uh, I'll be back. The Phillies are 8-2 and two at home in the postseason, dating back to last year. So it's time to show up and show out to root on the Phillies tomorrow. We've got plenty of time. Get ready for it. Get your, your, your Phillies gear on. Make sure you have everything locked down for your tailgating plans. So join us at the Jetro lot. Make sure even if you're not there in person, you're loud at home cheering wherever you're watching from because it's time to cheer on the Phillies to take this series lead 2-1. So we've got more coming up on our pregame show tomorrow. We'll be back 11.30 a.m. again that Yep, it's Wednesday. 11.30 a.m. Wednesday for more here on PHLY Phillies Podcast. Congratulations again to Christy and Ella, our ticket giveaway winners. And congratulations to all of you for being winners. We're all, you're all number one in our hearts. So thank you guys for tuning in. For Jamie Lynch, Tyler Zuli, I'm Renee Washington saying so long. Have a great rest of your day. Go Phils. <laughs> 